Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory. I'm ASD. I'm Rob. Hi man, and here we are, we're top of the league. We was How good was it to see Arsenal play Man City, which last season was a six-pointer, and it whatever result was sort of good for us. Obviously, the worst one happened of the three results that could have happened, but it was sort of good for us, whatever happened. I was messaging my mate saying, thanks for doing us a favour. You know, they've, they've done us a favour today, and uh, I've beaten them. Good game as well, I thought, actually, today. Right, but it was it, it yeah, I thought it was a good game, yeah. I was it was good to see it close. I didn't want to see I didn't want to see a really dominant Arsenal or dominant City. Oh, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to see them slugging it out and while we sit back and relax, you know, at the Matters Golf Day playing one game a week. All good. Uh so yeah, but uh it was nice not to really care too much really, other no. than to hope hope that we were still top of the league at the end of it, which of course we are. We are top of the league. Our under-18s are top of the league. Our under-21s are top of the league. It's a good time to be a Spurs fan. And it's just, I can't stop thinking what an unbelievable turnaround it's been from this time last year, this time two years ago, and so on. But we played Luton. We should have been, they had nine passes in the first 18 minutes. We should have been 3-0 up. Is Richarlison a real problem now? Because I'm getting to a point of no return with him. He certainly has got a, delivering games like when you're a striker you know your impact is really measured in the work the work that you put in for the team which I think from what I understand um when you hear Postacoglu I think he's he, he's happy that Richarlison's working as hard as he is which I guess is keeping him in the side or that and injuries to others yeah but at the end of the day mate I mean particularly that first that first chance in the first few minutes I mean you know I mean, I am overweight and 47, and I'd have fancied my chances to put that away, frankly, if I could have got there in the first place. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So he's got to figure out how he's going to get his head in the game and start scoring goals. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, when those injuries settle down um, after the international break, when Gil comes back and like, Solomon will be back by Christmas and stuff, I think uh, I won't be surprised if, if you see him, if you see him either move on or just be outside. Yeah, it's just. There is a point where you go, he's a young man, but you, and you know he's out of form, he's not in his head. There's another part where you go, he's got a job to do, and it, he's really not doing his job. And yeah, he's working hard and creating some chances, but we're we're trying, we're wanting him to be do well, and so we're praising every little thing that he does. Where actually, it reminds me a bit of the what Jack said about Hugo versus Vicario. Maybe we're forgetting what we're meant to be having on that side because Kudelski's working hard, but he's also creating a lot as well and scoring every now and then. I'm really worried about him because yeah, it, if you're in this sort of funk, just do the basics right, and maybe the basics are he's in the right place. But how do you miss that first chance? I, it, it, it's insane. I. I don't know. I mean, I mean, at least he's still getting in the chances to score the goals, which I think uh, like old players always say that's the most important thing. But, you know, at, at some point he's going to have to start putting them away or he's going to be out the side. And the reality is, I think he's 26, I think, is he? 27. Expensive. He's a big owner and he should be a talisman in that team. Uh, it's a young team and he should be a talisman in that team. And, and, he, and he isn't, you know, so... I'd, I'd, I'd like to think in the second half of the season, particularly if we're still doing well and maybe there were one or two additions made in January and the team are really progressing, then you've got to, you, you know, you don't you don't get your place in that team because you're a high earner and, and brought in on a large fee. It's about performances and I, I, I think he'll be outside, but 
I still believe I, I still I still believe will come good. Like I think I'm trying to be positive. Okay. The only let's talk about the only of, of a negative then. Basuma. I mean, stupid, stupid man. Really, what what's he doing? It's almost like he, he is human. You know, he's fallible. He's, he's he made a mistake. I mean, that. So I I, I I was furious when he did it. What's that message flying around? Mostly from me going like. What is he doing, idiot? You know, all, all that's just absolutely like I was furious about it because we've been so dominant in the game and he's so important to the way that we play as well. But when you actually look back and you say, I watched the match of the day highlights again and, but, you know, it was pretty quick. I think he anticipated the tackle. Down he went, you know, is it a dive? Was he anticipating the tackle? That's probably a dive, and that and that was why it was but but it but it but it ha- it happened really quick. And yeah. So yeah, I wanna I wanna try and give him the benefit of the doubt. But look, I think we all everybody all the fans need to remember that he's a young player, really young, and you know, this is a growth opportunity for him and he'll and he'll learn. And you know, I mean Postacogri when he when he came I mean he looked incandescent didn't he for the yeah. two or three minutes afterwards he looked so angry about it um although he didn't speak out about it at the end of the game particularly but you know you just have to believe that he'll he'll learn from that experience and and, and not do it again and actually when Hoiberg came on even though we were down to 10 men I, th- I actually thought Hoiberg actually performed pr- pretty well when he came on like I think he really shored it up and he, he played he played quite well although he he wasn't my hero at the midfield yesterday I must say but he played pretty well yeah, I mean, and the, the stupid thing about it is it's only that one yellow card that counts towards this ban. If he yeah. gets an, one more before a 19th game, then he's going to get another one match ban, which is fine. But if he gets it next against Fulham, then we've got the Chelsea to put. Well, he's not going to get it against Fulham. Like He could still be off against Chelsea when we sort of need him. So it was a bit foolish. Maybe he's been stupid. I don't know. Just don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, I mean... Room. As, as as you say, I mean, it was de- it was definitely a dive. But I, I just think he was anticipating the tackle, wasn't he? And you know, just it was just one of those, just just one of those really stupid ones that, particularly when you want a yellow card. I mean, you know, just head head his head was scrambled, but you know, it didn't cost us. We won the game, so and it's yeah. only full of me misses, so it could be worse, and we can move on. Right, let's talk about your hero then, because I. Van der Ven doesn't play in uh, midfield, so I don't know who you're talking. Is it? Oh, I, pa, 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 I mean, so ever since I saw him make his debut, he, he was, and I've talked about it on here for a long time. Uh, I think that kid is really special, and you know, from my purely from my totally amateur, thirty-year-old, thirty-year fan perspective. He changes and controls the tempo of the game and he wants mm. the ball. He always wants the ball. I've never seen him hide from taking the ball. He's 21. And yesterday, he's not the dominant force in midfield because Basuma's been a dominant force in midfield. But the moment Basuma went off yesterday, he was everywhere, that kid. I thought he was absolutely immense. I really did. He is, I think he's such a talent and uh I'm not sure. I was thinking about this today. Actually, I was I was walking my dog. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? But I was walking my dog, and um, I thought Benson Kerr's not going to get back in this team. Where's he going to? Are you going to? You going to drop Sar? No, I I don't know. I don't know. I guess you are, but I think that's incredibly harsh on him. I think he's such a talent. He's controlling the tempo of the ball. He wants the ball. He's his distribution. He just keeps the team 
ticking and ticking and ticking and ticking and ticking. And I think he's, I think he's real, real quality. I'm a big, big fan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so. let's not forget he's he's 21, that boy. Yeah. And he is a boy, basically. He's had 73 games in his career, not including his 15 for Senegal. So he's had less than 100 goals, less than nine, less than 90 games. And he's already thriving at the top, the top, the top layer of football, like the top of the Premier League. And I think the thing with, um, you're right, the thing with Bentoncourt coming back and the thing with Hoiberg is they both look very good in a system that was overly reliant on them. And so the game he's going to come back to, Bentoncourt, is going to be very different from what was expected of him last year. Very, very different skill set. And which was not that suited to Saar, but Saar is massively suited to what we're doing now. Now, I think Benton Curry is, is a good enough player. Or he's a brilliant player. He was a, yeah. probably our best player apart from Harry last year um, to to fit in. But what a, what a wealth we've got then. Like We can just rotate or we can just play whoever's needed out of those three. And it does, there aren't many better midfields in the Premier League, I don't think. Because you go, oh, you know, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, they must all have amazing midfields. If you go man for man, I don't think there's many better Maybe one, maybe City. Yeah, yep. I agree with that. And I don't know if you've seen any of the Madrid games or if anyone's seen any of the Madrid games in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Bellingham, I'm certainly not comparing Bellingham to, uh, you know, saying that Saar is on the same level as Bellingham. Bellingham's probably the best player in the world at the moment, isn't he? But um, <clears throat> I mean, just what, what an impact he's having in his form and such a talent, you know. But what I love about him is that he, aside from his natural ability on the ball and the impacts he's having in games is he owns the ball. He controls, like he's like, the, it, it all goes to him. He's keeping Modric out of that team and he literally controls the entire dynamic and tempo of that team. And like I said, I'm, I'm certainly not comparing Saar to Bellingham in terms of current uh, level, but uh, Saar is doing the same thing for Tottenham at the moment, I think. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I just think everyone should be watching him um, I think he's uh, he's going to go right the way to the top. I've just got this feeling. What, what we're hearing a lot from the commentators is them going, you know, this is the first time I've seen a doggy live and what a player he is. It's, you know, this yeah. is the first time we're seeing Saar live. We're, we're still unexpected. I mean, there's not much footage on Saar for anyone to go and prepare for him against loads on Basuma, obviously a fair work and a doggy. But this is a brand new team with such younger players. I'm just, I'm loving it. And it's yeah. mad the attitude and, you know, the cliche, the grit and the determination, because we fully deserved that win down to 10 or not. We fully deserved that win. They could have scored. They could have scored one. They should have scored one, but we should have scored three. So it at, at best, it makes that neutral. And um, Mickey van der Ven, yeah. what a player I mean, that boy it, is. Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean, what a defender, what a defender, what a talent. And also the partnership that you struck up with Romero. But you're right about the chances for Luton. I mean, we seem to be um, almost conceding chances, a lot of chances in the game, as of course we will do when, when at times we're playing one at the back or whatever. But when you actually, like, we're not conceding that many goals, though, are we? Like, we're not getting, like, we're still not really conceding goals. And I think we've been saying for weeks now, well, at some point we're going to be on the end of a jumping. But I, I've certainly been saying that. But we're just, I don't know, we're just not, we're not conceding goals particularly. So obviously the structure and the defensive shape of the team. It's really, really holding and really, really working. And when you've got a partnership as tight as that, with pace as strong as that, and commitment as tough as that, uh, in, in your centre backs, I mean, I mean, is if, I'm trying to think when I've seen a better centre back duo. I mean, obviously Toby and Yan, but 
these two probably excite me even more than that. I think maybe maybe I've just got current love hearts. Definitely some recency eyes. bias, as there. Yeah, yeah I mean, maybe. But but it, it's that. Tell you what, um, there was a brilliant quote from Big Ange um, talking about how we were strong defensively. He said a big part of that is Romero. He makes them, talking about the rest of the back five who've never played in the Premier League, feel like they belong and they can flourish. He's an outstanding defender. So when you want a new team, ridiculous bravery. I don't feel that Alderweireld or Supian gave that to our fullbacks. Maybe that's because fullbacks were the problem. But you can see Porro growing in his strength and even yep. Royale when he's on the pitch as well because of Absolutely. the maturity of of uh, Romero who is only what 24 World Cup winner yeah. just seems calm and it's like he's had a baby you know when you see your mates they change when <laughs> they've had a baby that's what yeah. it feels like is is the World Cup was his baby but Van der Ven he wasn't playing in the Premier League he played for Wolfsburg for two years he only played 38 games so he played what 17 games a seat 19 games a season um for two years for Wolfsburg now he's come for us for and in eight appearances scored a goal but he's unbelievable so quick has he ever been have we ever seen a quicker defender? I've, I've never I, seen a quicker centre back uh, in my life. No, no, and and you and I are going to. I'm really looking forward to. We're going to go to a game in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we are. When 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 you see it live, like it, it's hard to describe how far. I think I said last like to see something that big move that fast. It's it's weird. It's like you, your understanding of the laws of motion have been completely discombobulated. I don't understand what I'm seeing. Yeah. And it, I think I think that pace. One, it obviously gives him so much confidence in his own ability. Like he just, he's never going to get rinsed. But secondly, I think it must cause strikers because they're not used. To, you know, it 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 almost must damage the ego, doesn't it? They're they're not used to um, being chased down from a three-yard head start when they're running running towards the corner flag. So I just, he almost looks unbeatable at the moment, doesn't he? The only thing that's going to beat him is his own body. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's imperious. So what yeah. I want though is for but he's number thirty seven, Romero's seventeen. I know that's their numbers, but I want them to be four and five. You know, I just yeah. want neatness. That's their defenders. That's what oh, I want right. them to be. Because they're never we're not going to replace either of those two. So they should be four and five. And four and five are Skip and Hoiberg, I think, and that doesn't make sense. Your your one no. to eleven should be your starting one to eleven. Richardson nine, fine, Madison ten, great. You know, Basuma yeah. eight. <clears throat> yep. I couldn't. We need to go more old school on numbers. Like Vicario was very kind to be thirteen this year, but he needs to be one next year, doesn't he? Otherwise, something's 100%. wrong with the. This wrong with like force is broken. If that stuff doesn't happen, I think. Yeah. Um, Romero's block at the end. I don't know if you saw it. Right, in literally almost the last kick of the I game. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, just that level of commitment and all that stuff. I mean, there's a load of waffle in the press today and stuff. I mean, but. A couple of people were saying we'd have lost that game last season. I'm not sure we'd have lost necessarily lost sure it last season, that. but but um certainly there's a level of commitment and togetherness that um that is in that team. Like he was bumping his chest and you know, you just things you love to see, you know. I'll tell, I'll tell you what would have happened last time. Last time we would have kept on trying what Conte told us to do. Whereas you saw the short kind of happen because that's what they wanted to do it was Kudusevsky and Madsen exploring their they supposed to exploring their relationship but you know exploring that partnership and going well what do we do as intelligent footballers let's just go out and express ourselves that turn by Madsen was world class no one's talking about that yeah, yeah. most assists in the league now but he did that against Arsenal as well for Saka like just threw him a shoulder and just went the complete opposite way and what a brilliant turn and finish 
from Van der Ven. Yeah. It, it was absolutely brilliant. It's great. And you can see how much it means to them all. And there's, there's an energy and a momentum coming, which feels like what happened to Arsenal last year. I'm not going to say win the league. I would love to win the league, obviously. But you saw the stats on match of the day. Like we're, we're almost definitely going to finish top four now, it feels. I, I would put my bet on it now. I'd bet you money now. Because well, we were talking... Sorry, go ahead, Leslie. Sorry. Wow. Who, who, no, who else is it going to be? City and Arsenal look okay. Chelsea can't score goals. Obviously, they just got four, but they like they and they will find a rhythm, and their injuries will stop. But that'll just mean they won't know what team they've got. Liverpool are Liverpool, and then United are awful. And then the the biggest threats are Brighton and Villa. But we're not going to. They're going to drop away soon. They've got a group of players. We're, talk, we're talking about this last week, weren't they? That they've they've got a group of players in that team, most of whom I don't think I've got recency bias in saying that uh, they're probably they're, they're, they're Champions League players all that, pretty much from one all the way through the team Yeah, and, the, and they've got a game a week so they've they've you know, but not, not bar, barring any run that we might have in the FA Cup, but even then like, it's still basically I mean, FA Cup's only, what, nine games or something so it's still basically a game a week so it's, um it's a unique opportunity, I think, with a group of players that are operating at a level way below where they should be, frankly, in terms of their um, the, the competitions that they're competing for. I don't mean their performances. Um, and if if not this season to go and finish, you know, top four, three, whatever, then with this group of players and this manager, then you know when, you know. Yeah. So they they I think that they have to finish top four this year um and they just look you know they, they don't believe they can lose do they at the moment no not which at is all a, which is a really great really great trait to have and it just you know to, to to my mind the performances of the players the togetherness of the players the way that the supporters have been brought back on side the feeling around the club the, that's beginning to penetrate into the media and all that stuff it just really ultimately ladders up in my mind to kind of a masterclass, a five-month masterclass in leadership from Postacoglu, who just seems to have almost at the perfect time had a unique set of experiences, including at Chelsea, that has enabled him to literally perfect his craft. Um, at Chelsea? Come, at, at Celtic, sorry. Celtic, yeah. I say Chelsea, sorry, <laughs> I meant to say. So I've got Chelsea on the brain, so one yeah. big game card. Um, at Celtic, to come and... Um, affect his craft and, and just to come and get his arms around around this team. He it just he, he is behaving like it is a he has been waiting for this moment and this opportunity and has been managing his career really well, frankly, for the last 10, 15 years to be able to get to this moment. And you know who I've been um I, I don't know if anyone if you've read it or if anyone's ever read it, but there's a really, really good book that was written in the mid seventies or late seventies that's got republished about 10 years ago, which is Shankly's autobiography. Oh, no. I think, I think it's called In My Own Words or something. I can't remember what it's anyway. I've, I read it. I've read it quite recently again. And, you know, it's weird, but there's a lot. You can see a lot of the stuff that Postacoglu is doing in the genius of what Shankly was doing, particularly like when Shankly joined Liverpool, you know, the, the this kind of notion of the cop and the, the fans feeling like they were the 12th player and how they were there to kind of get their arms around the manager and be part of his journey and to, you know, be there with him. And they were the, the manager and the fans were doing it together. And 
And you then think about some of the language that he's talked about, where he's ne- he's not one to criticise the fans, never criticises the club, doesn't get involved in anything. He's utterly ruthless with players over 30. Son's pretty much the only one that's survived. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Shankly's unique ability, which really comes out in the book, to just build a, a cohesive togetherness um, between supporters, staff, players, coaching staff, uh, really, 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 really quickly that was embedded with clarity around direction, standards and the ruthlessness about who was going to be part of that journey. And it's almost, and then you begin to layer that over the top of what Postacoglu is doing. It's almost like it's straight out of the playbook. So I'm so excited for what the next three or four years could, could you know, could, could mean for the club um, un, under his stewardship. I'm, I'm beginning to obviously love him for his brilliant press conferences and the performances of the team and everything else. But I'm also really beginning to love him for the, I mean, it's a privilege, frankly, to when you're into leadership and you're into thinking about talent, as obviously those of us in our professional lives, we all are to, to sit back and watch, watch what he's doing. I mean, he is, I think something very special at the moment. Hundred percent. I totally, totally agree. It, you can just see there's so much to unpack with their work from what you just said. But the, one of the things is they all they all want to be there. They've all worked to be there. They all, and they all want to be there. Like Romero, World Cup winner, one of the best defenders in the world. He could go on. I still think he would have been the perfect replacement for Ramos. Um, you can go play for Real Madrid for ten years, like being you know shitbag. But all of them, you can see all of them. You can go. You can see Real Madrid coming going to Udogi. Come be on Marcella. Just come be Marcella for the next ten years. Basuma, yeah. come, come sit in the centre of our midfield, come be Tony Cruz for 10 years. I mean, Giles made the point last week, I thought it was really well made, that, you know, I'm sure Levy, canny and brilliant as he is at some things, he's going to have one eye on that. And, you know, there'll be some new contracts, particularly, I should think, for Romero, probably Udogi, who's actually in reality in his second year. Yeah. Um, I, I should think there'll be new contracts for those those guys pretty soon. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And Basuma. So what sort of games are you looking forward to now? Chelsea, I'm looking forward to, obviously, I'm going to be with you, but just in general, I want to see us destroy Chelsea. But what sort of games are you looking forward to? You look Because I look at Fulham, I just think, well, we should win that. Palace, we should win that. Wolves, Villa, good game. But what are the games you're looking forward to now? I'm really looking forward to any, to any game against top six, I think, because I think yep. we've got a real opportunity to go and dominate the game. Mm. Chelsea, I'm nervous about the Chelsea game. Um, returning heroes and all that, you know, I mean, go back 50 years and look at all the examples of returning heroes, messing it up, unbeaten record and all that stuff. So obviously I'm going, I'm going there really positive and excited about it, but also a bit nervous about that one. Um, um, but, you know, I expect us to go, I, I can't think of a game now, unless we were in going to be playing like City or we found ourselves, you know, I don't know. I, I I can't think of a game now that I would, particularly after the performance against Liverpool, yeah, and away at Arsenal, where I would think, oh, we, we're going to get, you know, just got to get out of the game, basically, just get through the game. Newcastle feels like a tough game that's coming up in, yep. in the next you know, couple of months, isn't it? So, you know, you've got those kind of stop games really. And then I, I tell you what, I'm I'm really excited about, and that's the cup. The FA Cup. Me too. Um, be- because I think that he won't he won't make the same mistakes that he made in the Carabao Cup, uh, or at least I really hope he doesn't. Um, no. And there's and there's no excuses 
you know there really isn't like a game a week um and so I th- I'm really excited to see what we can do there. I mean, it kicks off early Jan, so it's not long to go. We've got a, ho- a December that's so crowded uh, for games. So we've got to get through that and We're everything. Dead. Currently, December is Saturday the 2nd against City away, Tuesday yeah. the 5th at home against West Ham, then Saturday at home to Newcastle, then yeah. the following Saturday, Forest away. Following Saturday, we've got Everton at home, then bright, three days later, Brighton away. Then four days later, Bournemouth. So seven games in 28 days. I can see that. Isn't it? And obviously everyone else is in the same boat, but those, a lot of those teams will be used to playing a couple of times a week. And obviously that, you know, we'll be adjusting a little bit and, and everything. I just hope we, if we've got everyone fit, we've got a slightly smaller squad, obviously, because no Europe. So that feels like that could be quite tough, particularly those three games at the beginning of December. But I think if we can get through that and hold a bit of form by the end of the year, like the Cup's going to be... Re- I've just got a really good feeling about about the Cup. So I'm excited to get stuck into that after Christmas. And I'd love us to get a great draw in the Cup, be top four by the end of the year. I mean, that 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 feels like that could be a really quite exciting place to be. So it's going to be interesting over the next, over the next few months. How about you? It's the big ones where before I'd be really nervous. So like the West Ham. The Chelsea's. I can't wait for the Chelsea game. I I can't wait for United away. I can't wait for Liverpool at home. That falls in a period of quite quite a tough period where we've got they're all Saturdays apart. So it's at the moment it's Newcastle. Then we've got City. So we've got Newcastle away, then City at home, then Arsenal at home, then Liverpool away, which isn't the easiest run. And that is you know. And then we've got Burnley and Sheffield United, and that's the end of the season. That could be fight. That's definitely fighting for top four. Could be fighting for something better than that. And so, what an interesting period. But they, like City, will be fighting on so many fronts there. Hopefully, Arsenal will be doing something. Liverpool, Liverpool. I don't want to talk about it much because I don't want to give it much oxygen. I cannot believe the amount of fuss that they created. We talked about it last week, didn't we? About how much we enjoyed the fact that Klopp didn't make a tit out of himself, and then the stuff that he talks about. I just. I don't think he thinks sometimes when he talks that we should have a replay. What's he talking about? Because you go, well, if if that's the way, do, are we going to make football into a perfect game, or are we going to replay every time there's been something wrong? Because you know we'll play our re- we'll replay our Champions League final. You'll replay the 2005 Champions League final because Gerard dived for his penalty. Like, how far back do you want to go? It it really has irritated me. I know this this isn't what you asked. Um, I'm looking forward to all of the games now. I'm I'm looking forward to the ones. Who play football? City, Brighton. They're the ones we're looking forward to. Actually, I'm not looking forward to West Ham because they're going to stink the place up and they're going to just put balls onto Antonio's head. That's all they're going to do, isn't it? Just try and get fouls around the box. Wall Prowse on it. They're going to be horrible games. The West the West Ham game is always a horrible game. Um, mm. Not least because it means so much more to them than it means to us. Although we yeah, got right. a new team, we, we got a new team this year, so. You know, hopefully it's going to mean exactly the same to the new team that every other game does. Um, I agree with you entirely about about the nonsense and ludicrousness. I'm I personally saw it pretty clearly, really, that it was a human error and it was a big human error. But when you listen back to the to the audio of VAR and the assistant VAR, I mean, a I think you can see. The opportunities to improve VAR just by listening to Hawkeye yeah. in cricket. I, I, you know, listen to the way they deal with it in cricket, and then just apply some of that lens over the top of it. You know, it's not rocket science to fix some of the some of the communication stuff. I don't, I don't think. But you also just heard 
people that were overwhelmed and in that moment anyway a little bit incompetent right and yeah. it, and, and no, no more or less so than a referee is incompetent when he doesn't see a ball four yards over the line or when a blatant onside a blatant onside is called offside and it's yards and yards and a linesman gets that wrong or where a foul is not seen as a foul despite the fact that it's a you know there are examples of momentary lapses and utter incompetence in football officials that seems to be becoming more frequent but are nonetheless part of the game and the notion that you're just gonna you know turn the whole thing upside down just because it's Liverpool to me I think he was you know he knew very well that there was never going to be a replay he's the oldest trick in the book isn't it you know, a bit of siege mentality Jota didn't get his red card rescinded quite rightly it was a um uh, not that uh, sorry, Jones didn't get his red card rescinded, did he? Quite right. It was disgraceful, you know, all this nonsense. Awful People that played the game, he was going for the ball. He was out of control over the yeah. ball and could have broke his leg. It's as simple as that. Absolute bulk standard red card, three games, but not ridiculous. So he's just trying to build a bit of siege mentality into his team. And that and that game, when we go to Anfield, that is going to be an absolute rip snorter that game that atmosphere is going to be absolute red hot it's going to be a great game that exciting great yeah yeah i'll be what that's what you go to football for in it this is the third yeah. third last game of the season then burnley and sheffield united so who may be fighting for relegation so they may be more difficult but completely opposite reasons yeah yeah that well, is the, going to be red hot well one of the problems as well is it just makes you just who's going to want to referee liverpool now it's it's almost cheating like the seeds of doubt they've they've sowed in referees heads and things like that but whatever whatever it's all been said it's really irritated me but but good luck to them yeah exactly you know uh the international breaks probably come at the worst time isn't it nervous yeah i'm down nervous about that injuries like son's been chatting about his groin he's playing for career isn't he he's off on a plane or i saw the interview after the game he's already away um and uh, you know it's back in the day Ferguson and I mean yeah. Klopp does it and Eden Paul it, I if 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 this Tottenham team right now was superimposed over kind of early noughties Fergie's Man United uh, Son would not be on a plane going to play for Korea right now I tell you that right now he'd have pulled out and so you know well I do wonder whether we are being a little bit naive that an immortal just Trek off when they, you know, Madison's carrying an injury, isn't he? And Stan's carrying an injury, but they just got to all come back fit because uh, there are some areas where we're a bit short, aren't we? Massively, back, yeah. well, uh, that's one of the reasons Giggsy isn't isn't so popular in Wales because he just never played for Wales unless it was a qualifier. He never, ever, ever played friendlies. And he just grew up to, like, we were awful back in those days as well. So, it, like, I don't know why you'd want to come, but it's not even that far. Like I drove to Wales on on Thursday and I drove back on Friday. Like it's not like you're flying to bloody Korea. No, but, he did but, play till he was like 106 though, didn't he? Gigs. So, you know, maybe it works. Yeah. Well, um, Fulham. Oh, we don't need to talk about Fulham. Have you watched the Beckham? Any of the Beckham documentary on Netflix? Two episodes. Yeah. Good, didn't it? I, I'm a it, big fan of his. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Beckham. Yeah. I I um. It is good. It's it's interesting though because, like, that my son's watching it. who's ten, and obviously he doesn't remember that no. period. Um, but I remember that period very very well. And <laughs> he 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 had an arrogance about him then Beckham that he couldn't see that what he was doing could jeopardise his career. And now in the documentary, you know, he's talking about 
he's talking about it as though it couldn't possibly have jeopardised his career and it's like David, mm. you know, you can under like Hoddle didn't handle the sending off robot afterwards, did he? I mean he really, no, he really he really threw him completely under the bus and you know, now I think that would have that would be dealt with really very differently, wouldn't it? And uh, uh, with Hoddle would be dealt with very differently now to how he was dealt with then. But before the tournament, when he was like he hasn't got his head in the game, I mean you could argue that it was great management from Hoddle that he basically dropped him and, you know, said you're either all in or or you know you don't play know. yeah yeah and uh and you know so the the distractions that he had were unbelievable but i will never ever forget the goal against greece that he scored it literally one of my all-time highlights ever watching football unbelievable and uh you know he had a wand that kid and he also always used to score against us didn't he i mean people he forget always he, yeah he us. did he was one of the best players that england's ever made i just he just you, there's no passes like that in the Premier League now. You say Ward Prowse, but he's not. He didn't. No. He doesn't do what Beckham does. There's no passes of that calibre. I mean, obviously he's one of the best that's ever been. So obviously the, the, we're not expected to. But I mean, the only one is Toby Alderweireld who was ever able to replicate the Beckham. But I always thought I would, would love to have seen him at right back, Beckham, in his last year. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Bobbing up and down. He had a completely unique style as well, didn't he? he didn't. He didn't stroke the ball like anybody else or anyone since, actually. Just a completely unique way of playing and, you know, just a one-off, really, wasn't he? And his work ethic, he was, you know, he was an, you know, just an absolute... Um, you know, he did get his head together, didn't he, in the middle to the end of his career in terms of yeah. how hard he trained, how hard he worked and his commitment and everything. And uh, he, was a, he was an example by then. So, you know, great, great player. Well, yeah, and the bit that annoyed me was how after the kick, there was basically an episode about how the the public turned against him. But his whole life, his whole career, he has made out of making money out of the the tabloids and the magazines. Like if you yeah. you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Like you got that's that's you're making a documentary about yourself. Like all your life, you charged a million pounds for people to cover your wedding. Like this, you want to be in the public eye. This is what you got to deal with. And I know it was a bit harsh and some, you know, people hanging effigies of him and all that, but people also worshipped him and it, it goes both ways. That really annoyed me. My single, single favourite bit, which just shows the the relationship they had was after she'd given birth or had the C-sec and she you know she's numb and all that stuff and he has to go out and um you seen this bit where go, the, go on go on go on uh where someone's like david you have to go out and tell the press they're waiting they want to hear how victoria is and what you've had and he's like okay turns victoria who's just given birth or had c-sec where they cut through your stomach muscles to pull a baby out like it, it it's a horrendous <laughs> um operation and he asked her to do his hair it's <laughs> and she does it and he goes outside looking a million dollars because i tell you what after the birth of my two kids i look like shit and uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. goes out with great hair like he's a brokery model and tells them that they've had a kid called brooklyn and um i mean it just shows yeah. you everything and i i love him for it like that's them i'm never going to be me so i'm happy someone else is doing it i am uh at the start of my career, I worked uh, for Sainsbury's uh, in their HR department, and yeah. I started off my career in a store in Harlow. That was where yeah. I kind of my first kind of appointment. And because of that, a lot of people that weren't there lived and grew up in Loughton, Chesson, and he went to school in Loughton, Beckham. 
And a couple of people that uh, I knew there were at school with him, didn't know him then particularly, were at school with him. And I don't forget this. They always said the one thing that stood out about him was that no matter how early you ran out at break or lunchtime into the playground, you could never beat him onto the playground. You'd always see him on a playground juggling a football. It didn't matter how early. You'd literally be running out the door as the bell was going and he'd already be there juggling the football. He was obsessed with playing football when he was 12, 13, 14. And, uh, yeah, I love that about, about Bex. It's just, he's, you know, he's just a, he's a multi-millionaire, one of us, isn't he, driving, a, driving 17 Bentleys in a Lamborghini with houses all over the world. And he's about to find by Man United. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> it all came out loud and clear is just how much trauma that boy has suffered maybe at the yeah. hands of some of his family but you're like jesus christ like everything has to be perfect he needs a strong controlling woman to feel safe like it's it's just like his his, his trauma coming out yeah bless yeah. him oh, um no. i do you remember that picture we'll stop talking about david beckham but do you remember that picture of him in the training gear when he was training with us i think it was after he came back just before he went to PSG, yeah. there was that little bit of hope in my heart. He played <laughs> just one game. There was all the rumours that he was a Spurs fan growing up. He definitely wasn't. He was a Man United fan. No. Real yeah. fruit. His granddad yeah. was a Spurs fan, and he was he was on our books, wasn't he? He was on. He left it. He, That's it. We we didn't we didn't give him terms, and and then Ferguson's you know he was he was always going to go to yeah yeah to Man to Man United, but. Oh yeah, and his journey as well. Like considering he was just a tabloid junkie, you know, all all those titles for Man United, then Real Madrid, then Galaxy, then came back from Galaxy, did Milan, did PSG. I mean, that you don't have that portfolio of clubs if you know you're you've just got a good right you've just got a good right foot. You know? No, not at all, not at all. Yeah. And that bit where he's like he starts playing for Galaxy and he. Um, He's putting balls into where the players should be, and they're just not there. Is 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 hilarious, and he's sitting on a plastic chair at the side. Like, it's it's actually hilarious. And you go, I mean, you signed, you you took the money. Like, this is what you signed up for. I'm yeah, not very sympathetic yeah. with that sort of stuff. There's a brilliant YouTube video of his last ten minutes at PSG, where they're just following him round, and you can just see him slowly break down in a in a good way. Like, where he's just realizing this is the last time he'll ever play football. Yeah. I wish that was at Old Trafford for him, you know. Um, oh. But. But hey, it's still... and he's he's never really busted the boots off since, has he? he doesn't play in the, he doesn't play in uh, any of the charity games. That was the you know the big game up at Old Trafford every year, the celeb thing. The Unis is a Unicef uh, one. Yeah, the Unicef game. He doesn't play in that. He gets involved, but he doesn't. He's never he's never come out as he and, and Mate, had a kick about. No, I'd be waiting not, for Seedorf really. and Davids to retire because they are animals. They like they've got zero percent body fat and they just go around breaking ankles. That's why. Yeah. Like they should be. If, it's a shit. Like it, it, all the Brazilians are all put on weight. They're all going to jail and all they, you know, they're just having a great time. And then you've got Seedorf and um, Davids just literally looking exactly the same, going around breaking breaking people's ankles. Um, I'm a little bit worried. Spurs think about Spurs about striker situation because mm. Sonny gets injured and Richard like, what what do we do and that's the what because what will happen I'll tell you now is Kulusevski's going up front I mean we've got this Valise and we've got some youngsters but really like imagine Sonny goes out and we've got to play Man City we've got to play Newcastle what do we do do we just play a an attacking front three with no particular striker yeah I it is a, it is a problem and I, I could see him loaning a, a striker in January yeah um, yeah uh, you know, somebody I don't know, maybe somebody slightly more experienced or something that just wants six months. Or 
I don't know. I'm not sure quite what the profile of what that might look like, but I could see them definitely doing something temporary there. Um, and, and, and I mean, you're right, you know. I mean, if if, if Sun uh, gets injured, well, I think I think Richarlison will play up front, won't he? They won't, he won't, they won't, they won't have a choice, but they're trying to get, they're, they're going to need to try and scramble Gill back fit, I think, fairly yeah. quickly. Um, and he'll probably just play four in the midfield and two up front, won't he? I think Ben Benton Kerr will probably play, but the, the the reality is, I think that you can have you can have moments of form where you don't miss a player that scores thirty goals a season, but over the course of thirty eight games plus cup competitions, if you take thirty goals a season out of your team, you have to replace a, a, a large percentage of them at some point. Mm. Um, and yeah, to my mind, that's still on the to do list. I'm not saying yeah. they're ever going to replace 30 goals a season. He was a, you know, he was a worldie and a complete unicorn. But they, they have to replace a, a large percentage of them. It's on the to-do list. I'm yeah. sure they, I'm sure they know that. I'm sure they've got a plan. I still, and maybe it's just me and the way that I deal with people. I still think we're better off without him. You know, I'm not, yeah. he, do, he doesn't track back. He didn't hurry. So I just don't think it would have worked in this current system. So. Definitely opportunity to not be the new Harry Kane to go and be something different, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, ab- absolutely. And if Tottenham, if Tottenham finished Champions League this year, you know, and and they're, I mean, they're definitely a club on the up. And if the current trajectory continues, you know, there's that lad at Brighton. Would he come to Tottenham? You know, a young, a young lad. Yeah, there'll there'll be a much more attractive proposition. Well, um, Nap- Napoli are abusing their their world class strikers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, no reason. He's uh, he, he's an absolute beast. That that guy, he. Awesome. Cool. I mean, what what a player he is. Yeah, let's go get him. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, he's in Paratici. my FIFA team as well. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's wrap it up. So um, we'll hopefully do something next week. International break. We'll have to, um, find something to talk about. I just. I was in um, Bala on Thursday, which is um, sort of the, the the lower bit of North Wales. And there's a shop there called the Spirit of 58. So anytime you see, um, if you watch Wales, they've got the bucket hats. He's had, he makes them most of them, but he also makes some really lovely gear. But he's been following Wales home and away um, since the early 90s, like every single game. So every game I've been to, he's been to, but he's been like... and it's just long suffering and you know it, i just and the problem is like we're we're going into a golden age now was for wales he had it in 2016 but he he's really excited to see brennan johnson i can't wait to see brennan johnson back so I, I do think the lad actually offers us a huge amount because i thought i know um people are a bit worried that we bought him to be a squad player well, he's paid more than we did for madison for brennan johnson by by a significant amount no um, way they, there's no way they've done that I mean, one's forty, one's fifty. But you're talking about the way that they've laid out the money. Yeah, Tottenham, Tottenham don't buy fifty million pound players to sit them on the bench. That's not what they do. Ah, oh, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. There's no way. There's no. There's no way they've done that. And it, I mean, I've, I haven't really seen him since he joined because he's obviously been injured. But when I did see him, really direct. You know, he's strong, unbelievably quick, and really, really direct, really direct. So I thought he looked a real. A real talent, and maybe he maybe he's, he plays he plays centrally for Wales, doesn't he? When he when for the international games, he plays up front. Yeah, that might be. 
the fellow I was talking to said he was out of position. I kind of agree. I think it's a bit more like Richarlison, like he's a wide attacking player. But that feels a bit lazy for me. It feels like you're not a winger. You're not a striker. You're just sort of an attacker, which it feels ill-defined. But like, it just feels like an excuse for not getting 20 in a season, basically. But maybe I'm not thinking uh, as modern as I should be. But yeah, excited to have him back. Excited to have Bentacore back. Excited to have Hill back. I just want more games. I, I want us to be playing Europa League or, Champ- or obviously Champions League, but just something, you know. Will Johnson be back for the Fulham game? Is it too soon? He's, he's, too soon. But Bentancur is coming back soon. A couple of weeks for Bentancur. Yeah, he might make Chelsea. I wonder if he might make Chelsea, Bentancur. He won't, they won't start him against Chelsea. Though, unless... No, but on, on, on the bench, I mean. You know, oh, fine, might, yeah. Might, that would might, be good. Might be on the bench. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see Belize on the bench and starting to just get games here and there, like coming on on 60 for yeah. an old, old Sunday. That would be good. Absolutely. Mate, absolute pleasure. Thank you, as always. All the best. Thank you very much. And uh, don't forget, the future's bright. The future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.